If I asked you what comedy quiz show heard on radio starred Groucho Marx and George Fenneman as the announcer, based on the number of people that listen to this comedy quiz show on this podcast, I'm quite sure you would say, you bet your life, and you would be absolutely correct. Beginning on radio on October of 1947 on ABC, and continuing with ABC until 1949, You Bet Your Life was heard at 8 p.m. on Mondays and 9.30 p.m. on Wednesdays. Sponsors included Elgin American Bracelets, Compacts, Cigarette Cases, etc. And beginning in October of 1949 and until uh, running until June of 1950, Groucho and the gang moved to CBS for a 9 p.m. Wednesday night appearance. Elgin American remained the sponsor until January of 1950, and then DeSoto Plymouth Automobiles took over as the new sponsor. Now, NBC coaxed Groucho to their network in October of 1950 to September of 1956, airing on Wednesdays at 9 p.m., with DeSoto Plymouth staying on as the sponsor. So, ABC, CBS, and NBC all carried You Bet Your Life at one time or another, with the longest one being on NBC. The music that we hear on the program was created by a 10-piece band under the direction of Billy May at first, and later on Jack Meekin and Jerry Fielding. The theme song was Hooray for Captain Spaulding from the Marx Brothers film Animal Crackers. Groucho did not get paid $3,000 a week to sit on a stool, ask questions, and hand out money. No, you see, the show was really about human interest and the razor-sharp wit of Groucho Marx. The show depended upon Groucho's one-liners and his often extremely clever comeback lines delivered to clever contestants. Groucho loved swapping lines with the characters, which is what he thought the contestants were, characters. Groucho was a very shrewd interviewer who saw at once the weaknesses and strengths of the characters that confronted him. If people wanted to sing, he would join them in the chorus. The more awful the singing, the better the comic effect. A man named Crumbs was in for a rough time with Groucho. He also demonstrated his self-proclaimed skill as a wolf. Beautiful female contestants would get at least one and often more propositions during the course of their appearance. One time when a young female student said she was going to college for girls, Groucho responded, That's the reason I'd want to go, too. Groucho Max was considered one of the, if not the most witty comedians of all time. There were more than 200 shows recorded on tape and will be entertaining for decades to come. No show was rehearsed. No average man could ever be as natural as Groucho was if he were following a script or trying to act. The quality of his writing shines through when you read it on a page. Quote, I could dance with you till the cows come home. Better still, I'll dance with the cows until you come home. And then there's this one. And those are my principles, and if you don't like them, well, I have others. Unquote. Julius Henry Groucho Marx died on August 19, 1977, at the age of 87. He made 13 feature films with his siblings, the Marx Brothers. He also had a successful solo career primarily on radio and television, and most notably with You Bet Your Life. On this track, you will hear a show from November 1st, 1950, 
with the secret word being, well, we have to keep that a secret until they reveal it on the show. This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your host, John Lovering, and I do thank you for stopping by. It's much appreciated. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is tree. T-R-E-E. Really? You bet your life! The more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only... Groucho! That's me, Groucho Marx. Well, here I am again with $1,000 for one of our couples tonight. Fenneman, who's first to try for it? Well, just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected a couple about to be married, Groucho. Mm -hmm. And here they come now. I'd like you to meet Beverly Eccles and Robert Raynaud. The uh, fiancé is a police officer, and this is Beverly Eccles. Beverly, right here. Welcome, youngsters, for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. And if you say the secret word, you'll win $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Beverly uh, Eccles? Is that That's right. right. You're a remarkably beautiful girl, Beverly. Huh? Thank you. <laughs> You're not surprised at that uh, compliment, are you? Not exactly. No. <laughs> isn't Pretty that what confident. they pay you for? Huh? I beg your pardon. I'm sorry. I just said, isn't that what they pay you for? They. <laughs> they pay me for you to be beautiful. <laughs> that I don't follow at all, huh? <laughs> It's a good thing your old man is a cop, huh? <laughs> Robert Renault? What do you do on the police force, uh, Bob? Uh, I work PIC. And what does that mean? Pedestrian and intersection control, like traffic downtown. I see. You're a police officer. Well, I'm pleased to meet you. Huh? <laughs> you could put me in jail for that, you know. Huh? You know, pleased to meet you. Huh? <laughs> what kind of work do you do, Beverly? I'm a textbook clerk at Virgil Junior High School. A textbook clerk? That's right. What does that uh, consist of? Well, I issue textbooks to the students. And he issues summonses, huh? <laughs> Do you have any little issues? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you two are going to be married, is that right, Bob? That's right. I don't know what fruit stand you swiped it from, but you certainly got a peach. Huh? <laughs> How old are you, Bob? 23. 23, and you? I'll be 19 next week. You're getting mixed up with the law at a pretty early age, aren't you? <laughs> Now, let's talk about your marriage. For example, uh, Bob, how many children are you going to have? Oh, I think four would be about right. <laughs> you want to walk the beat all day and all night, too, huh? <laughs> How do you feel about four children, Beverly? Oh, two would suit me fine. <laughs> well, I would try to get two to suit you and four to suit him. <laughs> Now, Beverly, after you're married, suppose after you're married, you're alone in the house at 3 o'clock in the morning and you hear somebody at the front door. Now, what would you do? Would you shoot him with uh, Bob's revolver? Oh, I'd look and see if it was Bob first. And if it was Bob coming home at 3 in the morning, then you'd shoot him? <laughs> Bob, what should Beverly do if she hears a noise in the middle of the night? Call the police. Now, what are you doing, hiding under the bed? Find <laughs> <laughs> police, man. Suppose she called the cops and they caught me. What would happen? Would I get the rubber hose? 
Oh, we don't use those uh, old-fashioned third-degree methods anymore. You don't we use a little psychology. Oh, you use psychology on me? Let's say you try. Now, what would you do? Well, sir, with a few simple questions, we can iron this out without any trouble. Mm -hmm. Such as what? Uh, well, I would like to know what you were doing in the vicinity of my home at 3 a.m. in the morning. Why don't you go back to the chief's office and play canasta? <laughs> I tell you what I was doing in your place at three o'clock in the morning, you'll shoot me. <laughs> well, you make a very nice couple, and I'm sure uh, a policeman's lot will be a very happy one for both of you, Beverly. Now, uh, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at $1,000, but before we start, I want you to listen to Fenneman. He has something particularly interesting to say. Friends, your DeSoto Plymouth dealer knows that the best way to keep you as his customer is to treat you fairly and squarely every time. And as car owners from coast to coast know, your DeSoto Plymouth dealer also handles two really great cars. The brilliant DeSoto and the beautiful Plymouth. The new DeSoto is a smooth riding beauty and so economical to operate. It steers with a touch as light as a feather. DeSoto is a safe car to operate, too. No car in America has bigger brakes. And, of course, DeSoto is the car that lets you drive without shifting. So, for comfort and reliability, for economy and safety, you can't beat the performance of the magnificent DeSoto. Be sure to drive a DeSoto before you decide on any car. And remember... All dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Look for those two great names linked together. DeSoto, Plymouth. Now let's see if you two will get a chance at the $1,000. Fenneman, explain the rules. Each of our three couples has $20. They bet as much of that 20 as they want on each of four questions. The couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $1,000 DeSoto Plymouth question at the end of the show. Our other two couples are in a waiting room off stage, so they don't know what's happening out here. Is that clear? Okay. Yes, here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected comic strip artists. Now, here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you try? Ten. Ten? What comic strip about an Irish couple does George McManus draw? Jigs. Maggie and Jigs is right. <laughs> and you're on your way. You have $30. All right, remember, you're going for $1,000 tonight. Now you've got $30. How much of the 30 will you try? 20. 20. <laughs> what comic strip about a young family does Chick Young draw? Uh, Dagwood. Blondie, that's right. Blondie. They're climbing now. They have $50. I always thought Dagwood was a sandwich. Now you've got $50. Here's your third question. How much of the 50? 40. 40. 40. All right. What cartoon does Ham Fisher draw? Grumps. Gumps? No, no. Uh, decide on an answer between you. Ham, ham Fisher. It's ham a couple. Huh? Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's Joe Palooka. You should have known that. It's been That's on for right. a long time. Huh? And they've dropped to $10. Well, you're down to $10. Now, here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 10 will you try? 10. try it. Shoot it all? Okay. What strip about a detective does Chester Gould draw? Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy is right.
Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Now, don't go too far away, you two, because you still may get a chance at the big question. Thanks again. Thanks for showing up. The others may win nothing. (laughs) Groucho, uh, our next couple has been off stage, so they don't know the secret word is tree. Okay, fellas, you can bring them in now, please. Just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected a furniture salesman and a housewife. And here they come now. The housewife is Marie Adams. The furniture salesman, Mr. S.W. Lachaz. Folks, come on over here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome to You Bet Your Life. And if you say the secret word... If you say the secret word, you'll split $100 between you. It's a common word, something you see every day. Uh, Marie Adams, is that right? Yes. That's a very historical name. Are you related to John Adams? Or no, Quincy I wish Adams, I... I sure wish I were. Adams Express Company or uh, Frank Adams or any, anybody named Adams? No. Must be related to somebody. <laughs> Mrs. Adams, you're the furniture salesman? No, I'm the housewife. <laughs> Just a housewife. And Mr. Lacrosse uh, is the furniture salesman, is that right? Yes. You can understand my mistake. Uh, you're the one that looks upholstered, and I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from, Marie? Well, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. You're a Svenska? I'm Norwegian, yeah, it's not a Norsk. <laughs> well, you can't as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Well, where are you from, Mr. Lachasse? Oh, I'm from Sloan's. Sloan's? Uh, is that a, in California? Oh, that's in Beverly Hills. Oh, then you're, you're really from Beverly Hills, is that right? Well, uh, no, I'm from St. Louis, but I work in Beverly Hills. Oh, that's a long way to drive to work in the morning. <laughs> but I suppose you know best. Now, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to stand here and argue with a furniture salesman. <laughs> He's liable to slap me with his Chippendale, huh? <laughs> Now, as a furniture salesman, uh, what do you do exactly? Exactly? Yeah. Well, precisely. Uh, well, uh, I this fellow's a stickler. Here. <laughs> I sell furniture. Now, suppose I stroll innocently into your furniture store. What are you going to sell me? Well, uh, what do you got in your mind? <laughs> It wouldn't interest you. You're a furniture salesman. <laughs> Let's say I'm interested in furnishing my home. Now, what are you going to sell me? Well, uh, dark wood or blonde? You're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> what have you got in the way of a blonde? And don't tell me the floor walker. Well, uh, French provincial is blonde. Okay, tell me some more about this French blonde. What does she look like? <laughs> well, a uh, light blonde... Uh, Thin legs and... Well, okay, send her over, but you'll have to fatten up those legs, huh? <laughs> what sort of uh, work does your husband do, uh, Marie? Well, he's a cabinet maker. A cabinet maker? Well, so is Truman, but what does he do? <laughs> how, did you, how did you meet your husband? Did, oh, he, I... did he nail you to the wall or something? <laughs> no, I met him over in Honolulu. You met him in Honolulu? Yes, sir. What was he doing over there? Well, I had an opportunity to go over there in the year 1924. So they had an ad in the paper, an inexperienced girl to work in a Chinese laundry. (laughs) Well, how does a Chinese laundry differ from any other kind? I mean, you you just take out chop suey stains? (laughs) No. So, uh, So I went over there and they hired me. And so they put me on the switchboard. And then beside me... You you stay there all night? I stayed there for two months. On the switchboard? Yes, sir, for two months. Stayed on the switchboard. (laughs) 
Well, you were just plugging along there, huh? <laughs> now, what happened, huh? Well, then a fellow phoned in about his laundry, you know, and uh, the steamship just landed. The steamship Licky Licky. <laughs> laundry was ready and I asked his name and, and uh, I said yes your laundry is ready just where did you do this laundry on top of the switchboard yeah, on top of the switchboard so he came in and got his laundry and I waited on him and he says uh, oh you look like a new girl here I says yes I just came today well he said how would you like to see the sights of Honolulu they pronounce it Honolulu over there when I was yeah. there well that's like Licky Licky huh? <laughs> love to see the sights, so he took me out that evening, and all that almost finished it. But, uh... I don't know, why, it almost finished what? I don't understand. What was going on that was about to be finished? Uh... Well, he took me out to Chinese dinner, too, you know, and he finally took me down to the submarine. And so he wouldn't let me up. You led a very fairly active life over there. Well, he wouldn't let me. So he finally proposed to me, and he wouldn't let me up out of the submarine unless I promised him I'd marry him. I had to say yes. Uh, did he sing "How Deep Is the Ocean" or anything? Well, I wish he had. If I'd have known it, I wouldn't have gone down to the submarine. And then what happened? He proposed to you, and then you got married? Well, I had to come back here to Los Angeles because I was working for the Suntan Leather Company. And they were waiting for me. They didn't know what happened to me over there. I can well understand that. I don't know what happened to you right here. Well, it's a very interesting story, Marie, and I'm crazy about every word of it, huh? Now, let's see how well you two make out in the race with $1,000. You've got to work together as a team and run your $20 into more than our other couples. I can't tell you how much our first couple won, but Fenneman's going to remind our listeners. The engaged couple won $20. Here we go. Now, let's see how high I can build you $20. Now, talk loud right into the microphone. You select the tools of the trade as your category. Is that right? Yes, that's yes. right. Okay. Now, uh, here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you risk? $10. $10. Shout it right out, Marie. Huh? $10. You have a stentor. <laughs> That's 20 already. Just keep it 10. Huh? Now, who uses a stethoscope? Well, that would be a doctor. A doctor is right. And they're on the way. They have $30. You've got $30. Remember, you're going for $1,000 tonight. Now, how much of the 30 will you try? Well, 25 He said 25 <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking to over there? <laughs> I thought there was somebody in there from the Mars <laughs> Some little gnome over there <laughs> All right, here we go Who uses litmus paper and a beaker? Well, that would be a chemist A chemist is right We're on the way now We have $55 You have $55 And here's your third question How much of the 55 will you try? 50 50? 50? Did you say 15? 50. Oh, 50. She knows somebody in there. You can't do it. No? <laughs> Who uses a composing stick and a slug casting machine? Well, that would be a lithographer or a printer. A printer is right, huh? They're really on their way now. They have 
$105. These are very difficult questions. I don't know any of these answers. I'm certainly as dumb as the average man, huh? <laughs> All right, here's your last chance. They got $105. Here's your last chance to beat the other couple. Now, how much are you going to try? hundred bucks. One hundred. <laughs> She's cute, isn't she? <laughs> Marie, if I was five years younger, I'd marry you. <laughs> I don't know whether you'd accept me. Huh? <laughs> I'm old enough to be your mother already. <laughs> that has never stopped me, Marie. <laughs> Okay, here we go for the coup de grace now. Who uses a hod and a trowel? Well, that would be a bricklayer. A bricklayer is actually... And they wind up with a grand total of $205. What a day, kid. You're wonderful, both of you, huh? Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Now we'll soon know who's going to get the chance of the $1,000 question, because at this point, the furniture salesman and the housewife who were just here are leading with $205. And of course, the secret word is still tree. Okay, fellas, bring in the next contestants, please. We invited tonight some Boy Scouts and some doctors. And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Richard Van Winkle, the Boy Scout, and the doctor, Morgan Lindbergh. And here they come now. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Shake hands with the Lindbergh. Now, uh, Richard Van Winkle, you've been asleep for 20 years, haven't you? Right? Not quite. Oh. Well, hello, boys, and welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. <laughs> How do you like that for a brilliant piece of persiflage, huh? <laughs> now, if you say the secret word, you'll divide $100 in cash. It's a common word, something you see every day. Richard, you're a boy skunk. No, a boy scout, it says. <laughs> I don't read very well. Huh? You're a boy scout, huh? Glad to see you. It's always nice to have a man in uniform on the show. <laughs> and, uh, doc doctor, you're... Oh, you're a doctor, huh? Well, a little more respect. It's nice to have you here, too. Uh, now, how, how old are you, uh, Richard? Seventeen. Seventeen, huh? Isn't that a little old for scouting? You're never too old for scouting. I think I see what you mean. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, are, you, are you married, Doc? Uh, no. Don't be so defiant. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done much operating yet, eh? Yeah? Well, no. Why aren't you married, uh, Doc? Uh, Doc and Dick, we got in. <laughs> I'm uh, waiting until I can afford them. You mean you're going to stay single all your life? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't looked at it that way. How about you, Dickie? Are you, are you married? No, sir. Can't you afford it either? No, sir. <laughs> Why don't you just marry some rich girl who has an allowance of, say, $7 a week or so? <laughs> what is your ambition after you graduate from school, if you ever do? <laughs> I'd like to go into professional scouting. Professional scouting? <laughs> no fool here, huh? <laughs> Now, as a Boy Scout, has anything unusual ever happened to you, Richard? Yes, uh, I was giving a demonstration on 
safety with tin cans and how to cut them and make stoves safely. And I proceeded to cut my hand in three places in front of everybody. So what happened? So uh, I taped them up and finished. Finished what? The demonstration. These people must have been impressed to watch you. <laughs> you stand there bleeding like a stuck pig. And <laughs> What is a stuck pig, by the way? I never did understand. You know what a stuck pig is? I don't know. The origin, Doc, what about you? Uh, no. <laughs> Gonna make a great doctor, this fellow. Um, Doc, where, where is your office? Um, you have an office, I presume. No, I um, haven't got an office. I'm, uh... You work in the streets? <laughs> Just no. pick up odd jobs as you walk along? No, um, I'm in the county hospital. Oh, well, that's too bad. What seems to be the trouble? Really? <laughs> no, um, I have an internship there. You have a what? An internship. Where are you going, to Europe? <laughs> What's an internship? Is that um, anything like an outgoing ship? An internship is a year that every doctor has to spend after he gets out of school where Practices on patients in hospital. Well, if you're going to practice on the people, I suppose a hospital is the best place. Huh? <laughs> At least they don't have to so far to go in case something happens to them. <laughs> now, that's a pretty snappy outfit you've got on there, Dickie boy. What kind of a scout are you? Are you a general? No, I'm an eagle. An eagle? Well, let's see you fly around the room. <laughs> Would you mind shaking hands with a pigeon? <laughs> I used to be an eagle, but my wings got clipped by a French blonde uh, with skinny legs. Now, what is an eagle? What, what is an eagle? That's the highest rank in scouting that you can receive after you've uh, accomplished certain merits of citizenship and, re and uh, got 21 merit badges. Dickie, that sounds like quite an honor. Congratulations. Eh? What are some of your... Uh... You say, uh, do you do first aid, too? Is that one of your uh, yeah. accomplishments? Wake up, Doc. doc. <laughs> <laughs> He's dreaming of that stuck pig, I think. <laughs> Have you got a merit badge for first aid? Uh, no. I, you haven't, huh? No. The Doc is pretty cute at that, isn't he? <laughs> Everybody's cute up here but me. Huh? <laughs> You haven't got a merit badge? No. A big boy like you with a crew haircut? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Sorry. Well, keep trying. There's no age limit to scouting, you know. <laughs> now, as an intern, uh, precisely what do you do? Uh, well, uh, we uh, work up the patient. You mean you wake up the patient, don't you? Huh? I imagine he'd be all waked up as soon as he learned an intern was working on him. <laughs> don't, uh... Now, uh, Doc, now pretend you found me a cold on the sidewalk and I'm your patient. Now, you proceed. You wake me up. Uh, well, what, what's wrong with you? Sounds like an old... <laughs> Some doctor, that's your job. <laughs> you find out what's wrong with me. Go well, ahead, uh, huh? Then, uh, the wise guy. Huh? Will, uh, I'll have to give you an examination. Well, I'd like a couple hours to bone up first, huh? <laughs> What happens after the examination? Well, uh, they'll give you some lab tests. Uh, red count, white count, differential. Gloria Swanson used to go with a white count. Many years ago. <laughs> you say, what, uh, is, uh, what was the last one you did? Uh, differential. Well, there's nothing wrong with my differential. 
And if there was, I'd have my DeSoto Plymouth dealer fix it. Huh? <laughs> However, there's been some talk that my clutch has been slipping. And... <laughs> now, Doc, suppose you found me collapsed on the sidewalk. What would you do? What oh, would you do if you found I'd me call cold? A doctor. Or... You'd call a doctor, huh? <laughs> Well, if you do, don't call Lindbergh, will you? <laughs> Get me a stuck pig or a licky-licky. <laughs> Doc, I've been pretty hard on you, but if you had me on your operating table, you'd fix me up a bit. Now, what would you do to me if I was your patient? Well, the first thing I'd do is sterilize that mustache. <laughs> yeah, you touch one hair of my mustache and I'll pour glue in your stethoscope. <laughs> well, you're both good scouts, and so I now pronounce you man and boy. Now, you're going to play your bet your life. You beat our other two couples, and you'll get a chance at the $1,000 DeSoto Plymouth question. I can't tell you how much our other couples won, but Fenneman's offstage remind our listeners. The furniture salesman and the housewife are leading with $205. All right, here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected names of college teams. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? Ten. $10. What is the name of the team from Stanford? Uh, Indians. Indians is right. Remember, you're going for $1,000. Now, how much of the $30 would you risk on the second twenty? $20. What is the name of the team from UCLA? Bears. I mean, uh, Bruins. Bruins is correct. They're climbing, Groucho. They now have $50. All right, you got $50. Here's your third question. How much will you bet? $40. What is the name of the team from Princeton? Tigers. Tigers is right. They're really on their way now. They have $90. Okay, now here we go. Here's your last chance to beat the other couple. So how much will you bet? 30. How much? 30. Have you de conclusively decided on that now? All right, here we go. What is the team from Michigan called? The Wolverines. Wolverines is correct. Very good. Nice job, Doc. And they wind up with a grand total of $120. And that means the furniture salesman and the housewife with $205 Get the chance of the DeSoto Plymouth $1,000 question. How's the weather around your neck of the woods? Well, if you haven't had that car of yours made ready for the weather that's ahead... Better not wait any longer. Drive in tomorrow wherever you see the sign of a DeSoto Plymouth dealer. There you'll find the mechanics who know what to do and how to do it. They can save you the worry and bother when colder weather comes. They're factory trained in the latest servicing methods. They've the best tools and equipment to work with. And they'll do their jobs as promptly and efficiently as is humanly possible. Isn't this the kind of attention you want for your car? Well, it's no farther from you than the nearest DeSoto Plymouth dealer. And here's the winning couple, the furniture salesman and the housewife, all set for the big $1,000 DeSoto Plymouth question. Okay, now if you win this swag, you know, you can make another trip to Honolulu and get a brand new husband, huh? <laughs> or you can go back and sit on that telephone switchboard, right? 
Here we go now. Here we go for $1,000. I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you, so think carefully. And no help in the audience. Here it is. Who is the only president ever to be buried in the city of Washington? Sorry, it's Woodrow Wilson who is buried in the National Cathedral. I'm sorry, that's the correct answer. So that means the big question next week will be worth $1,500. Well, you lost the big money, but you won how much? Uh, $205 in the quiz, Roger. Congratulations and thanks to both of you. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at this time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $1,500. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember... Just be sure to see your DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Folks, here's a tip from the National Safety Council. Look out for the driver who doesn't look out for you. You Bet Your Life is transcribed from Hollywood and is produced by John Goodell, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith, music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast.